As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Abu Dhabi Fight Island, where the UFC is, we are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. President Trump, impeachment of President Trump, politics, UFC, Sex, drugs, rock and roll, you name it, we talk about it. And there's very important subject to talk about today. Things are happening right now in history we need to cover. And I'm here with my partner, my producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, hello from Abu Dhabi. How are you? You made it. You made it. I'm happy to see, uh, see you on the other side of the planet through a webcam. It's, it's good to, to see your bright face. That's it. I mean, it might be a little too bright or not too bright. I'm in a hotel room. I'm quarantined. I'm in a five-star jail called the W Hotel in Abu Dhabi. And I'm here with my brother, my partner in crime in the UFC, the man who's the best commentator to me in UFC and in sports. The man's brilliant. He's great at what he does. And I'm not going to give him any more credit because I don't want to see him blush and gush. But here uh-huh. he is, John Anik. <laughs> Hi, John. <laughs> it is great to be with you guys. Buff and I have about 13 hours left in our quarantine as we are talking to you right now. TJ looks like he's in 5K. I mean, the kid looks absolutely brilliant. Hopefully, if you're watching yeah. us on video, you can get by with uh, with what Buff and I are bringing you. But TJ looks glorious. Oh, yeah, I mean, the only way I'm good as YouTube, I'm going to have to shave my head. I, I feel like I'm a minority uh, right now. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had hair to shave, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it, it's a choice for Anik. It's uh, not so much a choice for me. But I, I will tell you, I appreciate the compliments that uh, you say I look good because I am sitting under a light that is as hot as the sun. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I'll be melting here before too long, I promise you. Well, you know what? Usually we're melting in Abu Dhabi, but it's a very pleasant, like, 61 degrees. We're enjoying it. And I'm about to do something I've never done on It's Time Radio in uh, – almost 12 years. Cheers, everybody. It is now 1030 in the evening and I'm allowed a glass of wine. Wow. Drinking on the job. Mm-hmm. John was here. We'd be doing shots of puncher's chance, but you know what? I can't even see him. He's one floor. I can't even go to his room. Right. Nobody can. That's it. So John, we definitely, uh, we definitely been on a trek here. We were in Vegas on Saturday. You flew in from Florida. I drove in from LA. We're tested. We're quarantined. We're here in Abu Dhabi on day two. We've been tested three times in four days, and I know you're exactly feeling what I'm feeling. We can't wait for the phone to ring tomorrow, not to tell us bad news, but to tell us we can break out of jail, right? There's nothing like getting that wristband delivered to your door, and it sounds a little bit crazy to a lot of people, and I hope it doesn't register as a complaint, but you know, you do a 48-hour quarantine in Vegas, 15 hours and 41 minutes in a metal tube, and then... You, you do another 48-hour quarantine. So, yes, we are excited to get those wristbands tomorrow. Uh, some limitations on us, though, that we didn't have last time around. I don't know if you got into it on It's Time Radio last week, but the bicycles that were a saving grace for us are no longer available, and we're a little bit more confined. So it does feel a little bit more restrictive on this fourth trip to Fight Island for you and me. Yeah, there's no question because I actually talked about last week how we do our 12 and 15 mile bike rides, sometimes at two in the morning. It's one of the pleasures of when we're here. We definitely both work out. I've trained three, four times today in my room because there's not much else to do besides work and uh, enjoy movies, the delicious food we have here, the room service, the whole bit. And who needs an alarm clock, John? 
with these F1 cars out on the track, which I know you as well as me would love to climb into and drive around the track, but we can't. We can't go past the friggin' guardhouse. We're on property and we're locked down. Well, when we came here for the first time in July, an entire 9.6 square mile island was essentially shut off from the rest of the world. That is no longer our reality. So the golf course is open to the public, the F1 track for people to use. You're actually on the other side of the hotel. So I'm thankful to be staring out at the water and not hearing those cars keeping me up at night. But there's got to be a curfew on it, right? I would think so. They calmed down just a little while ago. And the last two trips, I was on that side of the hotel looking at the beautiful yachts and the boats and the water. I'm making a phone call before we come back, whenever we do come back, which we are coming back. Um, and I'm going to just basically demand the fact I want my old room back. I want to look at the water. I can see it to the left. The cars are cool, but it's just killing me. I can't climb in one. It's like, it's, it's, it's just like watching beauty, but you can't touch it, you know, see, but it's so funny. It's awesome. R rumor on the street is that Anna had buffer moved to the other side of the hotel because buffer doing all those cameos at all hours of the night was keeping him awake. Unbelievable. That's exactly right. Those cameos <laughs> just killing me, Buff. But it's interesting because Daniel Cormier and I, Cormier and I were just talking about the fact that he's in his same room and he wishes he was in any room but his other one, right? Because you get conditioned to these rooms. So I think for me, I'm feeling the opposite emotions. I want to be on the other side next time just to give me a different look because you do spend a lot of time, especially now because it's the winter in Abu Dhabi, or at least I've spent a lot of time on the balcony just looking out at this visual that uh, that I've seen before. So again, hopefully these don't register as complaints, but uh, I am jonesing to get out of this godforsaken room in 14 hours. Well, I'm making a note. I'm switching to 2223 and you're switching to uh -huh. 2104. <laughs> good. It'll all be good. So now we've been in quarantine here. The country and the world has been in relative quarantine as far as sport events have had no fans, right? I didn't know this last week, and I should have, but the Conor McGregor fight is sold out, 2,000 tickets being allowed, spaced apart. Uh, the prices you know, went for a good amount of money. Uh, my question, John, is are the other two events, because I'm not sure, are people attending the fight night on Saturday and the fight night on Wednesday also? Yes. And do they have to be quarantined? Do you know the protocol for, for fans coming in? I have read the protocol, but I kind of read it quickly because I have uh, other things that I should probably be reading and preparing for. <laughs> but no, I mean, they will all be tested, you know, and obviously have to be clean to be in the building. I know that they will have to wear a mask the entire time unless they are ingesting food or alcohol. I do know that they will be able to drink, though. Um, so it's a lot easier to keep that mask on when you're sober. I'll tell you that you start to have a couple of hops and it's like, get this thing off my face. But uh, sure. yeah, no, I'm. I know you share my enthusiasm for having fans back in the building. You know it'll be done safely, and uh, I just can't wait to to have a crowd bring it for the first time in a year. Yeah, it's going to be uh, kind of a breaking of the cherry for 2021. I mean, it's something we just haven't been accustomed to all year, you know, for almost a year. So it's going to be really interesting to have them come back. 2,000 people to me, even though I block them out when I'm announcing, because, you know, I just focus on the fighters, because that's, that's the way I can announce the same way I do even with 50,000 in the stadium, but um, it's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait to see what kind of energy I can feed off of to even take me to the next level personally doing what I do, which I assume is good for you. And as I mentioned on the show before, many fighters can walk in without a crowd. I said, when I've said that before on the show, there's one fighter I know that needs the crowd, needs admiration of some sort from the fans, and that's Conor McGregor. He's going to feed off those 2,000 fans like they're 20 or 40,000. Uh, to do his thing walking in. And it's going to be a very exciting night. But we've got two shows before that. We've got a show on January 16th. Calvin Cater and, and Max Holloway. Carlos Conda coming back very soon, as well as Matt Brown very soon for a co-main event. This is one hell of a car jump. I'm, I'm really and it's great to be stuff. And it's great to be on network television for the first time in a while. I think sometimes... <laughs> We don't maybe put enough stock in it, right? The fact that we're landing on ABC and this didn't seem like it was pre-planned all that long ago. I think the question that beckons for me is, will we be on ABC several more times this year? Or is this just a, a one-time only and a one-off? You know, I have every confidence in the world that we're, we're going to maximize the showcase as a live production team and with our fighters and hopefully get an opportunity to do it again. But it's a big deal, you know? Yeah, we're going to partially be going up against an NFL playoff game, but 3 p.m. Eastern on a Saturday afternoon, you turn on ABC, 
uh, and you're going to have a UFC fight night. And it's, it's a great main event. I mean, obviously it was a calculated main event. Cater and Holloway are going to bring it. I can't see any possible way that this is like a boring tactical 25 minute uh, point fight, you know? So I'm excited to see how it plays out. I think for all of us too, it's just such a busy week. I'm just looking forward to getting this first one in the can, if I'm being brutally honest. No, I am too. Let me me jump in real quick about network television, because I think that the narrative of what network television is in 2021 now, I guess, uh, is changed a little bit. But I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, for the longest time, mixed martial arts was getting new fans because there was a novelty to it. People were uh, exposed to it for the first time. And, you know, with the return to network television, the first time on ABC, I think that there's still a a market that the UFC can cash in on that they're not normally cash cashing in on uh, when it comes to people stumbling upon it, especially, uh, you know, with uh, with I mean, I understand that, you know, cable isn't what it used to be. Not I mean, pretty much everyone has cable. I don't know anybody that has the the direct uh, sort of bunny ear approach to television anymore. But the bottom line is that placement on a channel lineup for over the air network television it's just in a league of its own. And, and I really think that uh, for the first time in a while, the UFC might actually be able to get new fans that really haven't taken the time to invest themselves uh, into the sport. And like you said, John, this is the perfect main event to, to do so on ABC. No, it is. And, you know, even people that aren't aware of Cater or Max Holloway, the people watching ABC, we, we're forgetting one key element to this, to this equation. People are in stay-at-home uh, orders now in many states, not the entire United States, if not all portions of the world. There are more people at home sitting looking for entertainment on the TV if they're TV watchers than ever before whenever we've been on network television. So barring an NFL game or not, because we do outrate uh, the NFL under normal circumstances, I think if you play those keys into the factor, we're going to have a hell of a showing. And the bottom line is this, meaning money, cuts a lot of family ties. If ABC sees an eight-plus share, in my opinion, hopefully over a 10, 12, 15 share, there's no reason that we're not going to be back on ABC very soon, right? It's going to it's going to happen. So it's a positive all the way around. It's great for the fighters. And TJ, you're correct, because when you're on network television, the average demographic of the UFC is sharing demographics with other demographics that are channel surfing. And let's face it, Dana White said it. Baseball game, football game, tennis match, fight, Everybody watches the fight. Let's hope this happens. It'll be good for the fighters. It'll be good for the UFC. I I don't want to sound disparaging when I say this because I think the Fox deal was a a very big deal for the UFC. Don't get me wrong. But Fox back in the day would show things like Kobayashi in a hot dog eating contest against a bear. Uh, ABC had Monday Night Football. Like this is a this is a step in a, a different direction. I never thought that we would see mixed martial arts on on ABC in my life ever. I well, think that's happening now. about ahead, the boxing history buff, the boxing history on ABC and the ABC wide world of sports. I do think as respectfully as we can say it, this is an uptick from Matt Fox relationship and uh, hopefully the first of many on the American broadcasting company buff. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, after we get through the uh, fight on Saturday, which we're looking forward to, and John, you're correct. We need to get through one fight because you and I are adjusting to times. We're trying to live on USA, USA time. The show for us starts at nine o'clock in Abu Dhabi time. It's it's in California time at noon, as far as being shown there on ABC. We have the next uh, show on Wednesday, the Kiesa Magni main event happening, which is another great card we're going to in a second. But then we've got three days to adjust where we're going to be announcing fight. I'm going to be announcing and you're going to be commentating fights till like nine ten in the morning. <laughs> so we are going through three shift changes with our bodies, you know, and we've got to be on target. And the people listening might say, hey, you're in Abu Dhabi, you're in a five-star, you're doing this. So what? You know what? Work is work, people. And we do have to adjust because we need to be at our best when we do what we do. Well, and I can't look like I've been snorting coke in my room. I have to look, <laughs> I have to look presentable and I got to talk eloquently, ideally, for seven hours. And right. the last few times we came here, even when we were doing multiple shows, they were all in the same time pocket, right? So we would stay up all night and we would sleep all day. But to your point now, we're essentially not staying on U.S. time. We're sleeping at night in Abu Dhabi and then we will pivot after that Wednesday show to try to get ourselves so that when Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier make the walk at 9.15 a.m. local time, that we have the energy uh, to give those athletes 
the energy and, and the commentary that they deserve. So it's a little bit of a challenge and uh, nothing we can't handle. I, no, I like how Annick said, I can't look like I've been snorting coke. Not saying right. I can't okay. be snorting coke. I just can't look like I've been snorting coke. Yeah, I mean, it's okay if I'm uh, you know. clean it all out of the clean it out of the stash, John. <laughs> clean it out of the stash. Okay. That's yeah. the main thing. No telltale signs. And also when you want to get down to basic facts, we are going through a jet lag period arriving. We're going to go through a jet lag period a week after arriving. And then we're going to go through a jet lag period potentially when we get home. So it's all about body adjustment and doing what we need to do right. But we're road warriors. We are UFC road warriors. This isn't our first rodeo. It won't be our last rodeo. Let's go play. Let's get on the horse and make it happen. Okay. That's the first time I've been called a warrior in my entire life. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, I'm curious, uh, guys, what you will will feel with this crowd because, you know, 2,000 people sometimes in, in a lot of ways, in my opinion, can sound stronger than – 18,000 people, especially when you consider the environment that you're in, you know, it's a smaller venue compared to say the T-Mobile uh, arena. Like this is going to be a very unique experience. Uh, it's it's going to be 2000 people, but it's not going to be like 2000 people uh, inside the Pearl at the Palms. You know what I mean? Yes. But is it going to be like 2000 people in Rio de Janeiro or in Dublin, Ireland? We're in Abu Dhabi. Where are the people coming here coming from and how much energy are they going to exude? Hopefully we're going to have a variety Obviously, and a lot of Irish coming in, I would assume, to support Conor McGregor, since we're a little closer than the U.S. to Ireland when we're here. This all remains to be seen, and we will see what's going to happen. It's kind of like watching TV right now on CNN, and the impeachment of uh, Trump is happening here. We're in such a flux of life right now that every day is a new day. So as far as the UFC and experiences we're going to have, let's look forward to some new experiences. I'm 63. I've seen a lot of stuff in my life. But I wake up every day to learn something new and have a new experience. And I hope I have three new experiences this trip with my yeah. brother, John. There you go. I do think lather these people up and hopefully they'll make noise. I mean, I do plan to go over to the crowd and try to, uh, to get them going a little bit before the show. And I also think that this crowd as a whole is going to take very seriously that obligation as the first UFC live event crowd since March of 2020. I think these people are going to be throaty and loud and, and give the athletes all the support they possibly can. I'm, uh, um, I think TJ's right, though. You know, sometimes 2,000 strong can sound better than 22,000 people in San Antonio, Texas that don't really know what they're watching. Well, they don't. By the fourth fight, I'm going to walk in the middle of the octet and go, are you not entertained? Right? I mean, what else can I say? Get them going, Buff. I'm curious if it's going to feel odd as a viewer watching on television because I remember when, you know, no crowd started. At first, it was eerie because you could hear everything. You know, now, I mean, I, I assume we're still going to be able to uh, hear more than maybe we would uh, otherwise, but it's going to be weird to hear people popping and ooing and eyeing for, for action. That's something that, again, you, you fail to realize really how long it's been because this is our new normal i'm excited from a, a viewer standpoint to see if that energy comes through the television it'll give us fodder to talk about next week and i guarantee you there'll be some good feelings feelings we just it's kind of like not having a kiss for eight months and suddenly you get a great kiss let's just hope it's the best experience we can look forward to sorry you know my my uh comparisons usually go that way but it's just the way it is leave it All to right. her always a playboy my goodness <laughs> what can i say all right listen Let's get uh, not off the UFC because we're on the UFC and we're forever with the UFC. But the COVID update right now, the U.S. reported record number of deaths yesterday in the United States. I'm not proud or happy by any standards to say that. We all know what we're in. I do want to share something personal. My gardener of six years, um, one of the nicest men you'll ever meet in your life that did nothing but work his butt off day in and day out to support his beautiful Latino family and everything that he had going. He passed away last Friday from COVID. Oh, I was no. Great was three weeks ago. I talked to his son. I go, where's your dad? Oh, he's in the hospital with pneumonia. I said, does he have COVID? And they said, no, he doesn't have COVID. And then I got a note. We can't come to work today. Our father passed away yesterday. Um, we started, the, I'm sorry, a little emotional because the guy's such a great guy, was such a great guy. But they started a GoFundMe, which I contributed to, to help them with the burial. And, and they got a lot of money from it. And just my condolences go out to his family and to everybody that has lost somebody during this horrific time. Um, the six I, degrees I of separation is getting smaller and smaller. I don't know if you guys have it realized. So, TJ, it is getting so close to me yeah. that last week, and John, last week, and I'm, gonna, I'm saying I'm always honest unless I'm playing poker. You know, I'll lie to get all your money. 
<laughs> but I always am honest. I have handled this like a champ, okay? And, and practice my safety and protocol, which I preach to everybody, you know, except the assholes that write me and say, I'm an idiot for saying wear a mask. Well, you're an asshole for telling me not to wear a mask. And you know what? I said it. If you don't like it, don't listen to the show. Okay. TJ always gets upset when I say that. Uh, I mean, so, you know, they, they can listen because they hate us. They still listen. It still counts for the same, you know, cause. So, you know, keep it's listening. Like people that, it's like people on social media, when they write you and they say something like you're an idiot or whatever, you know, I, I get very few of these. I'm like, well, why the hell are you even reading my post? Right. <laughs> why are you even looking at what I write? You know, just stay the fuck away from me. It's okay. Oh, geez. I, geez, I love it. I love I, Buff when Buff's drinking. It sounds like the Anakin Florian Pop. <laughs> but the mask shaming really bothers me. And on our show, we steer clear of all of this because I think we have a very specific focus on our show. But I went to a playground with my kids and I was the only adult wearing a mask. And this woman proceeded to in a very sort of vulgar way, shame me. And she's just talking very loud about, you know, why people are, you know, overblowing the mask thing. I just want people to respect the wishes of other people. And uh, if people want to wear a mask and you're going to shame them for doing so, uh, you must yeah. have real issues, you know? I, 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 what's the goal though, John? Like, what, I mean, I understand that people are selfish and this person is doing this to fulfill some sort of, odd thing in their life but like what is that i don't have that bone in my body like personally right. i don't give a shit what you do you know what i mean like i don't understand well and my younger brother had open heart surgery in 2019 so he is particularly high risk so i'm sitting there wearing the mask and this woman is you know not being very nice and just talking about COVID 19 and sort of uh you know just denigrating the whole mask thing. And I felt like walking over and saying, Hey, I had open heart surgery six months ago. So I'm high risk. I know you got a problem with me wearing the mask, you know, but I just don't understand that. And again, if somebody doesn't want to wear a mask, even though I disagree with that, uh, I respect that decision. But it, I think what has, has been most disappointing about this whole thing is just to see the, how divided our country is on yeah. all of these issues, you know, and greatest country in the world. I'm not even so sure anymore, Buff. You know, you look at New yeah. Zealand and some countries and what they've been able to do. Over 31,000 new cases in Florida one day last week, 31 total cases in New Zealand. So over 31,000 in a day in my home state, 31 total in New Zealand. They're doing something right. That's crazy. Well, Melbourne, That's a crazy Melbourne, number. Australia. It's crazy. Melbourne, Australia closed down their entire uh, city when there was like 18 cases, okay, doing what they needed to do. My good friend, Chuck Zito, who I mentioned on the show last week, is, I hope he's out now. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days, but he's in the hospital with, with COVID, with pneumonia. You might have met Chuck at the shows, John, um, big UFC supporter. And he put out on his Instagram a picture of him in the hospital. And the big focus on his Instagram was, in so many words, he's saying, I made a huge mistake. I didn't wear a mask. Wear your mask, okay? If that's what it takes, and I don't wish this on anybody, if that's what it takes for them to find out, or God forbid, a loved one or close friend suffering from this, I mean, is there anybody right now that does not have a six degrees of separation? In California, we're the number one state right now with infections. Yep. They're, they have beds in gift shops, in garages. They're calling in the National Guard to help move dead bodies. If some idiot wants to tell me this is a hoax, I'm sorry, I might get a little crazy, not going to hurt anybody like we see on the thing, but it's like, you know what? Talk to the hand, stay the fuck away from me. I have no interest in your opinion. Okay, that was and number I'm 10. I'm not trying to sort of bring this down with like a morass of negativity, but I did lose my great aunt and great uncle in a span of two weeks. They were 94 and 95 years what? old, but it this? does, it was fairly recent, but it does give you a lens into how quickly this thing can can wipe the elderly off the face of the earth, you know? And I'm, I'm on a scare right, I'm sorry, John. No, go ahead. I'm on a scare right now. I have three caregivers that go in shifts that take care of my beautiful mom, who you've met. Well, one uh, did not come to work because she got the sniffles and had to be tested for COVID. The other one had to go home early because then she started getting signs of whatever. We're sitting here right now waiting for her test to come back. I am going to be freaking out, not freaking out. I'll deal with it. I'm just hoping it's negative because if it's positive, I have to go into a whole 911 with my family, with the people that have been in the house taking care of my mother. Right. This is the world in which we live and this is not going to change soon. 
You know, I'm constantly monitoring this with my brother. That's scary. And you know, one thing I'll say too, Buff and I have been tested almost 200 times combined at this point. Oh, yeah. And I can assure you, if we weren't two of the most dutiful on this crew with wearing our masks, then one of us probably would have gotten COVID-19 by now. So I'm just saying, as somebody who's been flying Miami to Vegas commercially all year long and more flying than I've ever done before and using airport bathrooms, I feel like that mask has saved me from getting COVID-19, at least to this point. So I'm going to continue wearing it. Absolutely. And, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And the big thing too is is I think that wearing the mask not only helps you, but again, the it, it's lost. I think a lot of times on the fact that you're helping others. That's the whole point yeah. of the mask. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't understand why anyone would shame you for being conscientious of other people. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. I agree with you. You know, and then you know, listen, we're dealing with COVID. We're dealing with unemployment. We're dealing with all the issues. We're dealing with horrible leadership that's being dealt with right now on CNN. I'm not going to get political, but I think you can understand what I'm saying. And we're dealing with armed protests on our state capitol that happened last January 6th, a date which I said will live in infamy. The worst day of this country's experience is 911, which was the worst day since uh, December 7th, 1942, when World War II broke out. Right now, these armed protests and what's happening is the government is going after and we're reading about this. Hundreds hundreds of these people can expect to knock on their doors. Some of the fines and sentences are going to be 10 to 20 years in prison, potentially, for the people that were violent and that went extreme in some ways. Bruce, think if this happened in a different country. That is honestly light if you think about it. Right. It could happen really bad. Worse, worse things. No question. So with, and also the no fly list, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and you know what I read, and I'm not going to say anything derogatory towards him because he's a friend and everybody has a right to their opinion, but I understand the UFC hall of famer, Pat Militich was in on the protests and the LFA he worked for fired him from his position. So the last I saw, the, the last I saw, they removed him from an upcoming show. It was first reported that they had parted ways with him. And then Ed Soros came out and said that the decision to remove him from the next show was made. I don't know if they've come out with any more clarification on his future with the company uh, moving forward, but uh, I mean, I'm not surprised by it. Like here, here was my issue with, with the whole thing. There's no real proof that Pat did anything uh, against the law. Um, But there were photos of him uh, standing next to people with like tactical gear on. And for a lot of people, uh, uh, the, the, the Catholic, Catholic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, if they were they, in the Capitol. No, 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 the photo wasn't uh, in the Capitol building. It was outside. But the, the bottom line is, is for, for a lot of people, compliance is just as it's guilt by association. And if you were par- partaking in, you know, the demonstration, uh, that that's enough for some employers to go, look, I, we don't want you bringing this light upon uh, our company. And uh, I mean, people have gotten fired for much more baseless accusations than than this and uh you know i i don't know what the right answer is i do believe that we have the the right to express uh our thoughts and opinions and if you want to go out and and and, uh, be in a parade in march that's fine but uh this obviously went a much different route and i mean people were talking about this being an attempted coup I, i you know i have a hard time saying and taking those words seriously because this is the United States. Our government should never be subjected to a coup. But what else are you really trying to do by storming the Capitol building? And, and people died during this. So it's, it's. And you have people did tragically die. Police yeah. officers were hurt, beat upon citizens. We know what happened. If you're reading and you're updating the news, you know what happened. There's results that have come out of the situation uh, as a result of the situation. And again, leadership is being blamed, which I mean, Trump is being blamed. He's about to be impeached for the second time. Businesses are now turning on him. He's losing business contacts and deals. The Dutch German bank, a Deutsch German bank, one of the biggest banks in the world, they will not loan him any more money. The PGA just canceled their plans to play the 2022 championship at the Trump golf course, not 2021, 2022. Forbes, who had President Trump on the cover, put out a statement, and I'll read it to you. Let it be known to the business world Hiring any of Trump's fellow fabulous above and Forbes will assume that everything your company or firm talks about is a lie. We are going to scrutinize, double check, investigate with the same skepticism. We approach the Trump tweet. Want to ensure the world's biggest business media brand approaches you as a potential funnel of disinformation. 
then hire away. They put out their thing. YouTube right. has suspended Trump's channel. Twitter and Facebook have barred his accounts. He does not have a public way to communicate with the world now. He has also had his honorary degree recently given to him a couple of years ago revoked. Republicans are calling for his impeachment. There are Democrats, uh, excuse me, there are Republicans along with the Democrats that have now turned on him, basically saying we can't handle anymore. And now many are calling him the worst president in the history of the United States. And he may try to, try to pardon himself before he leaves office along with his family. Can you, um, do that? can you pardon yeah, yourself? I'm confused about that, but I think you can. But I don't know what it means. I, the, the, the man has got amazing balls to try and do that. This is going to be a very interesting next 127 hours, whatever's left of his presidency. My question to you guys is, did either of you see the video that Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger put out comparing the Capitol riot to what my brother Brian said five years ago when he heard Trump was running, that it could be Adolf Hitler all over again. And Arnold Schwarzenegger compared the Capitol riot to the rise of the Nazis, such as when he put the brown shirts, which was called the SA back then out, and they took out people in one fell swoop in one day to try and take power of the government. Okay? I didn't see that, no. Watch the Arnold, go to CNN, go to his Instagram or Twitter account, watch this video by who I think is one of the few non-political figures, an entertainer who became a politician and did a great job. Not because he's my friend, I've known him for years, but he did a great job. Watch this video. I, I can't show it on the show. It'll it'll blow you away. I'm so surprised. Going on Go ahead. I'm still surprised Trump won the election in 2016, right? My biggest loss as a sports or entertainment prop wager <laughs> in my life was betting on Hillary Clinton in 2016. I thought without a shadow of a doubt that she was going to beat Donald Trump. But I will say, and I don't have much to offer this conversation necessarily, but I majored in political journalism. For a long time, I envisioned a career in politics. And then my broadcast partner was Brian Stan for a long time. And I know he has visions of becoming a senator, perhaps in the state of Georgia, and eventually making a run at the Oval Office. For Brian Stan, he's not going to get into politics unless he thinks there is a path to the United States presidency. And I used to talk about getting a position in his cabinet. He said, chief of staff, forget about it. Stan's not giving his friends jobs they don't deserve. So I was like, chief of staff? He's like, no fucking way, you know? So he said, maybe I could be press secretary. But again, I'm saying these last three weeks have made me so disenchanted from that space that I just, I don't know, I'm just beaten down by the whole thing. And I yep. think the burning desire I had to, to help this country has waned a lot. I'm not sure I'm the right guy to do any of those jobs anymore. It's really just totally sad all around. Well, it's about unifying the nation, right? Like that's what politics really should be about is, is doing what is, you know, in the best interest uh, of the people of the United States. And I, I don't feel politics is that anymore at all. And, and, you know, we talk about the country being divided. It's not only divided, it's polarized in a manner where people, I mean, people that don't even know each other hate one another and that's scary well you know one of the problems is and I, everybody has a right to their beliefs i for anything i've said on the show people need to understand i am not a republican i am not a democrat i'm a bipartisan individual i vote for what i think is the best choice i vote for what i think is the best solution and that's the way i am i'm like john lennon there are no problems there's only solutions so i want to make vote for the best solution possible we're in a situation right now that we're, we're not only reevaluating our country because I am for democracy, which is what our country stands for, and I hope we get back on it. I hope we get uniform. This division of power, this division of opinion is ruining our country, and we're becoming a bit of a laughingstock, not that I'm worried about that image, to the world, right? Think about this. We are more susceptible to, I don't want to say invasion, but terrorism now than ever. If we're not stable taking care of ourselves and being strong as a base, how can we protect ourselves against the factions that want to ruin our base coming at us? It's very scary times if you think about it. Well, very scary. Our children are going to see things that we will never see as in our generation. And I hope it's good. That's all I can say. On that tip, um, Nashville, Tennessee has a very uh, special place in my heart. One, because I interviewed John Anik immediately after his first UFC event in the lobby of whatever hotel that was right outside the Bridgestone Arena. But, I mean, there, there was a bombing, you know, two blocks away from the Bridgestone Arena on Christmas Day. And I feel like people have forgotten about that. 
Like, think about that. Like, it, it is in the rear view so quickly. And that's what's alarming, Bruce, is as you said, you know, we're susceptible to a lot of things. We're just numb to a lot of things as well. Are we numb that's to the fact that they found a car with nine live pipe bombs in them outside government offices? Do you realize the damage that could have happened with some of these idiots that are out there doing what they're doing and will continue? Yep. We are on red alert right now, guys. It is out there that every capital is set for violence come the inauguration day when Biden, President Biden takes office. Gun sales are on a huge rise again more than ever. The country is unstable. We need to get unified and stable again. And it's not going to happen until our new presidency takes over and he's got a big job ahead of him. You know, and I wish him all the luck. You know, we're told from a very young age to not sweat the small stuff. And this is all obviously big stuff. But I sit here in my room with all of my fighter cards in front of me. And I think about how I perseverate over these details of the broadcast and how this week feels like the biggest deal in my professional life. And yet it really just isn't that big a deal at all. And I think it's yeah. important to sort of keep that in perspective. And I think maybe it can help us get through this week to think about everything that's going on back home and here we are, I guess, mercifully removed from it. But that's one thing I will say. Uh, I grew up a pretty sheltered kid in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I had never met an Armenian person until I met Gegard Mousasi. Didn't know what an <laughs> Armenian person really was. And, and my point is mixed martial arts is it's a mixture of the martial arts, but it's, it's a melting pot of life. And I think that's one thing that, you know, on the outside looking in and, and watching mixed martial arts flourish during a time where the rest of the world was shut down. Maybe it's, it's odd to say, but a, a combat sport like this can bring a lot of people together from both sides of the aisle, from all corners uh, of the globe. And that is why more than uh, anything, I would say that what you guys are doing, what I think we do on this podcast and, and in general and in, in mixed martial arts is super necessary credit. Mr. Mosby doll. Ah. Um, but like, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like mixed martial arts can be this, this bridging of, of a great divide in a lot of ways. Well, we're here on Saturday to bring entertainment to a world that needs entertainment that's dealing with nothing but negativity, especially here in our great country of the USA. So we're going to do everything we can. And I know I speak for John to provide that entertainment, John, somebody that's close to you that you respect. I respect as one of the greatest coaches ever in football, but Bill Belichick. He rejected Donald Trump's Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, Award, which is the highest award a citizen can receive in the United States. And he said, no, he don't want to accept it. He's not going to have anything to do with it. So he stood his ground. Um, while we're Before we go, John, I, I hope you can stay a little longer, but uh, I want to uh, send my condolences and best wishes to the family of the legend Tommy Lasorda, the mm. great LA Dodger coach, died at 93 years old probably the most famous manager in MLB history with all respect to all the other great managers out there. I had the occasion to meet him, appear with him in an event, just a great guy. And, you know, I still cherish the day that I got to throw the, the, uh, the first pitch out at a Dodger game when they played the San Francisco giants and to announce that game that day. Um, of course, this is when Magic Johnson uh, bought the uh, late uh, the Lakers, listen to me, bought the Dodgers. Um, you know, with all the horrific things we go through from life, Let's focus on all the grand experiences that we receive in life. And it's not about money to me. It's about the experience. Yes, I'll be the first to cash the paycheck in the bank on Monday, of course. But the experience to grow from is, is a really wonderful thing. And your Boston Red Sox, John, they just hired the first black woman, uh, Bianca Smith, the first yeah. woman to coach in professional baseball history. How about that? Oh, I love it. And the Boston Bruins are retiring the number of the first black player in the NHL. But you're right on the Lasorda legacy. And my first thought was, hey, pretty cool that after not winning a World Series since 1988, that they were able to uh, to win the World Series in his last year of life. But, uh, man, it just feels like a lot of beloved sports figures uh, have passed away recently. I mean, of course, the year began. Last year began with Kobe Bryant and, you know, Lute yeah. Olsen and John Thompson and so many other legends of sport, at least in our country. And uh, much respect to, uh, to the late, great Tom Lasorda Sr., Absolutely. Absolutely. Condolences and best wishes to his family. Uh, Lamar Odom's back. Uh, he's the two-time NBA champion. He's returning to the hardwood. Uh, excuse me. He isn't returning to the hardwood. He's like, what? Fight. No, he's going to fight. He's going to go, he's going to go into a celebrity boxing event. Uh, there's a promoter I know out of Atlantic City, New Jersey. He's going to put this on at the Showboat Casino 
And I guess, listen, we all got to make money. He's definitely gone through his trials and tribulations over the last number of years uh, through his addictions, through his uh, Kardashians, <laughs> and through all the other stuff that's happened. Um, but yeah, 41 years old and he's going to go box. I wonder how much money he could possibly get paid for that. John, you and I know this game. I mean, how much money is in that game? Well, I mean, I I find it exceedingly hard to believe that he would be paid more than a hundred grand show, right? You're going to give the guy a quarter of a million dollars to show for that, right? I'm just very curious to see how his opponent will look because I got to tell you, only one time in my life have I had the chance to sit on the floor for an NBA game and it was at the Boston Garden, TD Garden, Celtics Lakers when Lamar Odom was a Laker and I just remember being blown away by his frame, by his physicality, by his ability to move that seven foot frame around. So I can't wait to see him throw a jab, man, out of that southpaw stance. It's going to be interesting. We'll see who he's going to fight. It's kind of like uh, Logan Paul at 6-1 or whatever he is fighting Floyd Mayweather at 5'7", 5'8", whatever Floyd is. But Logan Paul told me last week or the week before that his jab, he said, my jab's what's going to win that fight. We'll see what happens. A little segue over to real quick. True or false? Logan Paul fights in the UFC in the next two years. True or false? Let me say this with one little addition. His brother, Jake Paul, will never go anywhere with the UFC the way he talked about Dana White in that video that went public. My prediction is I'll give it a yes. I think there's a possibility. I'm going to give give it a yes, too. Yeah, he has a huge the time frame but i do know that logan paul's comments were very respectful to dana white and uh yes. he wants to scratch that itch he wants yep. to be in the UFC, but uh you still have to win at least one fight i would think i mean tj you think they trot him out there on dana white's contender series at, at no and- they'll, they'll give him the cm punk treatment he'll have his first professional mixed martial arts bout inside the octagon wow. if he ever comes to the octagon He's already proven the fact with the first pay-per-view event he had fighting the the uh, other influencer he fought in London <clears throat> two, three years, two years ago. I had Michael announce the fight when he fought uh, KSI, or I think it was here yep. at Staples uh, last year. He brought so many eyeballs to this paper. I mean, we're talking five million buys, John, not, you know, at five ninety nine in London. They got like five million buys at five ninety nine. Now you're bringing that many young people who do not normally watch boxing. Think about what he could bring into the UFC. So he, he's he a have- qualifier in Ohio for wrestling. Like he's got more skills oh, than boxing as well. Player. So th- that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he, here's the thing. He can command a big payday in mixed martial arts. The UFC is the only one that can actually pay him that. So why not have it be in the UFC? It's not like he's going to get a title fight. He's not going to take away an opportunity from someone else. I think he'll be comparably matched up with someone with, you know, the same sort of, you know, experience or, or fighting background. Uh, I'm all for it because I think it does wonders for the sport. I think that he, uh, you know, love him or hate him. He hasn't really said anything disparaging about the UFC. Um, I, I, I think that he would be a, a fine fit if it's a one-off or if he wants to pursue a career, but I, I think we'll see it in the octagon. All right, I'll ask you guys this one thing. First off, I'm going to tell the public right now, I know Logan well. He's a friend of mine. And he calls me as, he calls me the father he never had. But, you know, the, the, the bottom line is, whatever he means by that, the bottom line is, why did Mayweather fight Logan Paul? Because he's a boxer? No, it was a money grab. Right. Not Mayweather, excuse me. Why did Mayweather fight Conor McGregor? Mm. Because it was, a, it was a, Conor McGregor, yes, he can box, but was he a boxer? No, it was a huge money deal. Why would Mayweather step out of retirement to fight a man bigger than him for what? Five million, 10 million? No, he's gonna make another 50, 100 million off this deal because Logan Paul has over 24 million followers approximately on, on Instagram alone, making his 10, 20, 30, whatever he makes a year as it is. He's a moneymaker. And this is what's gonna bring young blood into boxing. It will also be what brings other eyeballs like we're discussing with ABC this weekend into the UFC octagon. So I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem that he's not going to have to make a run to be a champion or maybe he would, but I, you know, I don't think he would. It's an interesting entertainment fight. And there's no reason that on a card of great MMA fighters in the UFC that we can't have an entertainment fight, which we've already tried with CM Punk and Brock Lesnar. So let's just do it again. 
Right. Combat sports yeah. is one part sport, one part spectacle. As long as the spectacle isn't taking away from well-deserving athletes, I'm all for, you know, cashing in on it from time to time. Yeah, think, and John? let's also not forget that James Tony fought Randy Couture at the Boston Garden in the Ultimate Was that a fight? Was that a fight? It was, it was a one-way <laughs> fight, you know. What a reaction from that crowd when Randy got him down the first time. I will never forget that. But, no, I don't see much downside. I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. You know, Dana doesn't like the novelty fights, but uh, this kid has credentials. There's no doubt about it. I, I think it'd be interesting to see him try to prove himself in uh, – a calculated pro MMA debut or some type of MMA setting. But I think TJ, you're probably right that uh, it'll be O and O and, and that UFC debut will get there. You can't risk it. I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's right. worth a, a big amount of money if he goes out and loses and it never comes to fruition because he can't get a win before getting into the UFC. Uh, I mean, you know, you got to make special considerations for special individuals and love them or hate them. Logan Paul's that individual. Yeah. But in life, you got to risk it for the biscuit. Okay, just the way it works. Now, listen, a little segue here. You we gentlemen, John go. John's got got things to do. John, you tell us when you got to go. Otherwise, I'm keeping you forever. Okay, here, John will never say. John's such a nice guy. He's not going to say, Bruce, you're taking too much of my time. He needs, no, he needs the segue. John, can you stay? Do you need to go? Yes. Hey, I can give you nine more minutes till the bottom of the hour, and then I got to hit this pillow because uh, we got stuff to do tomorrow. You know. All right. I could. I got a big piece of puncher's chance bourbon meeting here. I got to stay up and out another hour and a half for it, but it's worth it. What do you say? Bevmo or Costco? I'll stay up. Enough said. There you okay, go. Now, <laughs> all right. Gentlemen, your fathers, proud fathers, great fathers. I'm a godfather and an uncle. Proud fa- godfather, proud uncle. In Virginia, okay, a tw- excuse me, a 12-year-old in Virginia, uh, his parents or somebody, they, they, let me get this straight here. A 12 year old was killed, right? After a hand grenade that was bought at an antique mall exploded. It was a real hand grenade. You know, you find those, those hand grenades you buy for paperweights. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're decommissioned okay. or whatever. Generally they got that, uh, the core was generally removed. Yeah, exactly. The, the, um, whatever the, the firing for the detonator, whatever it is. Yeah. The grenades were thought to be chemically inactive MK2 hand grenades, the kind they used in World War II by the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Explosives. So on December 23rd, right before Christmas, right, he bought this. And those of you that live in North Carolina at the Fancy Flea Antique Mall in Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, this, I saw all these growing up. I bought a few too. This blows me away. It's a very tragic story. I can't even imagine even thinking about what it looked like on the scene, but they bought a hand grenade as a toy. It turned out to be real. He obviously must have detonated it. Um, what can you do? It's just, it's crazy. It was that not is- the first time though a grenade was found, was believed to be inert, was found in December in 2019, also in North Carolina. Another live hand grenade was found inside a donated dresser to the Habitat Restore in Durham. It was just in there, but it was live. People, I'm just saying this, if you're out there buying these things to play with as an adult or as a kid, think twice, okay? Think that twice. That is so sad. And I know you and your brother, Brian, who is my favorite buffer by a mile, yeah, but you guys, you guys are so embedded in that collectibles world that when you said that, that, the first thing I thought of was that Brian probably has something you know, that is real or not, but God, it's, that is just profoundly sad Bruce. Well, Brian's an ex SWAT team leader and sniper who knows how to handle hand grenades, but I don't think he has any at home because yours truly would definitely know if he did or not. <laughs> so no, there's nothing happening there. I, I love uh, following uh, Brian on Instagram and seeing his uh, photos when he was younger. He's a badass uh, man back in the day, man. He looked like he was straight out of central casting. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. For one, I'll, I'll tell you one quick Brian Buffer story before we go. It just came to me. Okay. Brian was an officer in Santa Paula, California, right? That was where he first started. And I went up to see him. I was about 21. He was 23. And we went out to dinner at um, one of these restaurants on the in the marina there. We're sitting there talking. We're talking to a couple of girls sitting at our table, right? And Brian's talking. All of a sudden, a spitball hits him in the head. Okay. <laughs> he's immediately looking around. He saw who it was. He got it. He excused himself politely to the girls and myself. Didn't even ask me to back him up. 
walked over to the guy. I knew it was going to happen. So I got up. I have to back up my brother. The guy gets up and Brian's walking him out. And I'm, I'm five feet, 10 feet behind him. And I just see the backs of them. I see the guy raise his shoulder. And suddenly I see his feet go up in the air as he does a somersault in the air because my brother flips him on the ground, uh-huh. right? Drags him outside. As we get outside, we're confronted by like eight other dudes. It's, it's go time. It's me and Brian. We got to do it, right? So Brian's like, pulls out his badge. I'm a police officer. Stay back. I'm adrenaline's rushing. I'm thinking this is going to go. And I'm like this. I'm, and I'm his brother. <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> like that. Let's do this shit, right? So <laughs> calm it down. I'm sorry. I just remember that I've had so many interesting moments with my brother, Brian. You don't want to screw around with brother, Brian. He's one of the I'm toughest human beings I know. I'm, I'm on his good side right now. So what happened, though, I guess? <laughs> Diffuse the situation, or Brian did. Uh, he diffused. He diffused the situation. Um, he told the uh, people, you know, to call the police, which they did. And uh, that luckily, luckily, because you know we're tough. I consider myself decent. Uh, my brother, I consider tough as nails. Eight dudes. You never know what's going to happen, right? You never know. That's why whenever you're in a fight, little uh, little information there. I'm not telling anybody to get in a fight, but if you're ever in a bar, you're in a fight. One of the biggest things you need to do is to get your back against the wall. So you're only watching three areas. Make sure you're protected behind you. You never know what's going to come behind you. And I've seen some very horrific stuff take place. Well, and it's like in American football, right? You see when the blind side hits concuss individuals, right? When your backside is exposed, some of the worst hits where you don't think anybody else is coming. Those are some of the nastiest injuries. So that's good advice. You know, Kenny Florian, who I used to break bread with all the time, he always wants the seat in the restaurant up against the wall so that he can see everything. You do too, Buff, I know. But Ken Flo make sure that he has that seat because he doesn't want any funny business happening behind his back. Exactly. I want that seat. And when I walk into any place, I don't care if it's a room to say hi to somebody. I immediately know the exits and the safe zones. It's just a natural thing taught to both Brian and I by my father, Joe Buffer, who was tougher than both of us put together. So it all worked out. The old breed, the greatest generation. Guys, I know you love pizza. Pizza Hut is rolling out a new stuffed crust right? Well, you just buy the crust, but not the pizza. It's just the crust. Why? That's all it is. Stop. I, th- I, think, I think that's called a cheese-filled breadstick. Yeah, it's, I mean, what? Or like, a, like a big round pretzel, but that's exactly what it is, cheese stuffed dough. I mean, I'm never going to get mad at cheese and bread, but that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. All I, I know mean, is I, I, won't pa- I won't pass that for a week. I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> trying to trying to reinvent the wheel, though. I mean, just give me the thinnest possible cheese pizza you can make. Yeah. Oh, the exactly. thinnest, not the thickest. Come on, well, now. No, I can, TJ. I can absolutely get behind a deep dish pizza. Okay. But when I was voicing EA Sports UFC three, and I spent 25 nights in New York City in 2018 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I got obsessed with New York thin crust pizza. I literally would spend every single night trying to find the best pizza joint. So I love pizza to such an extent. I can appreciate gluten-free pizza, deep dish. You know, my uncle was an owner of three Pizzeria Uno franchises. So Ooh. I, uh, uh, I Pizzeria Uno is one of my favorite. They're hard to find though. I, I don't even know if they're still around. Uh, Numero Uno? Pizzeria Uno. Yeah. My and my favorite... My favorite chain is, uh, as we talk, is Grimaldi's. I love Grimaldi's. I don't know if you right. have that in Florida. Well, I mean, you really- catch the paycheck, too. I'm just I know. Come on. Well, I catch the paycheck, but I eat the pizza. <laughs> but Pizzeria Uno, my first job when I was 15 years old was waiting tables at Pizzeria Uno. And then my, my late uncle, Jeff Grayson, owned three of them. So uh, if you see pictures of me 12, 13 years old when I was fat as fuck, it's probably because I was eating deep dish pizza every other minute. I want to see those pictures. And John, I got to say something. Your personality, I bet you were a great waiter. I bet you were just a really good waiter. It was hard. I mean, it's hard work. I think it really, not unlike my bar mitzvah in terms of like instilling a work ethic in me, being a server, being a waiter is one of the best things you can do, you know, because it's a thankless job. I mean, what I really remember about waiting tables is throwing my apron in the dumpster after my final shift because I did it for years and years and I knew when I got a job as a newspaper writer making 25 bucks a story, but that meant I didn't have to go back to legal seafoods in the morning. And I will never forget putting my dank apron in the dumpster in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. 
That's really cool. We're going to sign off here, John, with you on the show. And, and I back you on all that because I was a bus boy. That was one of my first jobs Get at 15 it? and 16. Well, I, I waited I never, too, but I made I, I never had a real job. I've only worked in weird radio broadcasting type situations. Good for well, you, though. He's like a fighter, you know, straight from high school to fighting, straight from high school to broadcasting. I love it. Pretty much, yeah. I'm going to end the show on a feel-good story um, with the COVID-19 pandemic out there. And I'm sorry, I can't bring up the article, but I remember reading it. This lady uh, who suffers from COVID-19 in the hospital, six years ago, she lost her cat, right? And before she went in the hospital with COVID, she had put out an ad and a picture of her cat. While she was in the hospital after six years, somebody actually returned her cat to her and it's beside her as she's recovering from COVID. And I hope she hasn't suffered worse from COVID. Can you believe that? Six years, the cat That's lost. It was, ra- it was taken into, uh, it was taken in by somebody about a number of 10 or 12 miles away who saw it and returned it to her. Can you imagine that losing your animal and six years later, you get, you get he or she back? That's awesome. What's interesting too, is there are studies about like long-term memory of, of cats and cats uh, in particular, have a really good long-term memory uh even you know to the house cats to uh lions i remember there was a special on uh discovery where they released this uh lion cub into the wild and then returned three years later in this lion with this huge ass mane comes charging this dude and you think he's about to kill him but he's like just in love with the fact that this is the guy that like nursed him to health and and put him back in the wild so I, i bet you that cat was pretty appreciative as well that's awesome. It's just a 10 pound, 10 pound version of that big guy, you know, when you get down to it. Johnny, before you go, tell us anything you want to tell us. Tell people get a hold of you. Let's talk about your podcast. Let our audience know what's up. Well, I always love coming on and chopping it up with you guys. And thank you for ending on an uplifting note. You make me want to go Google that article to read into the details as to how that sort of reuniting went. But uh, it took me years, years to get him to do that, by the way, John. It was always like ending on the worst story of the entire show. And I'm like, Buff, you got, you got make people feel good on the way out. <laughs> well, like in broadcasting school, they teach you about a kicker, you know, right. uh, and usually it's supposed to be something that's pretty uplifting. But uh, we got our little podcast every Monday and uh, I'm going to do some live content with Paul Felder on Instagram out here this week. And Buffer and I, we're going to do an Instagram live, but that is prevented here in the United Arab Emirates. So uh, we'll have to do without that. But uh, hopefully oh, everyone will tune in on Saturday. Yeah. So basically you can do an Instagram live on your own in Abu oh. Dhabi. It's but I can't bring you on. So Paul and I tried unsuccessfully to get one done today. So, uh, but hopefully everybody watches on ABC this Saturday because we're excited and uh, nothing would make us happier other than great fights, of course, uh, than if we could do a big number. So we'll see how it plays out. Well, we'll do a big number. And John, I wish you all the best on the show. As usual, I'll do my 27 minutes of actual activity or more. You'll do your six, eight hours. So much respect for you and your prep. TJ, I'm like, John, let's go eat steak and lobster. John, let's have caviar and, and whatever, crepes. John, let's go out and do it. I can't. I, I got so much work to do. Oh, I'm done. I'll see you when I get back. <laughs> John, you're a workhorse, man. So much respect to you, my friend. You're the best at what you do. Thank you, man. Well, TJ knows that grind all too well, but I appreciate the kind words and uh, three more sleeps, Buff. Big show this Saturday. I'll see you. I'll see you in the morning, man. We get to get out of here now. Twelve hours. So that's it. And we're working out tomorrow. We're getting some fresh air. Definitely. Let's do it. All right, TJ, sign off. Uh, yeah, just uh, hopefully everyone can check out extra rounds with myself and Pro Gonzalez uh, immediately following the fights uh, on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page. You can also check out the archive. Uh, on Fight Pass proper, but uh, we got a bunch of shows coming up. I uh, just did a show on Monday as well called uh, Strange Things with Horace Griffin, where we just talk about some of the stranger uh, things in mixed martial arts uh, in the, the past year. Uh, you can check that out on Fight Pass as well, so go check it out. That's got to be entertaining. All right, everybody, I'm here in Abu Dhabi with my brother John. I'll see you Saturday from the Octagon at ABC. See you next Wednesday, and see you on the 23rd for the big Conor McGregor fight. With that being said, we're in a very big day today with the potential impeachment of the president and all that's going on. Pay attention to the news. Keep up to date. This is our great country, folks. We want to keep it great. We want to make it greater than it's ever been. And to do that, we need to be the United States of America. With that being said, 
Set your goals, write them down, be the best you can be. So when you set on the path, you're winning by doing the best you can. And that's what we're all about on this time radio. I'll be back next week. Goodbye from Fight Island. God bless everybody, whoever your God is. I hope they bless you. Have a great week. Johnny, take care. Love you, brother. TJ, take care. Love you, brother. Bruce, kind of like you. I'll see you in the morning. Okay, everybody, take care. Buffer out. Cheers. I'm with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.